Welcome to season two of Best in SaaS, where we talk through the patterns and playbooks in the revenue sprint to 20 million and beyond with the industry's most accomplished executives, entrepreneurs, and investors. Despite the world melting around us, we survived season one with only a few scratches and a couple of bathroom incidents from our resident Best in SaaS puppy mascot, Stuart. Wash your hands and don your favorite face mask because here comes season two. Howdy, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. I am thrilled, per usual, for you to listen in on this conversation. But before we get into it, if you're a regular listener and you enjoy the discussions, do me a favor and let us know by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other folks find the show and it helps Apple realize they should feature us on New and Noteworthy. So that would be awesome. With that, enough of my blabbing. Let's get on to the episode. So today I am excited to welcome our guest, Kirti Dewan, onto the show. Hopefully I got that right. Um, if not, you'll forgive me. Um, but so you have a fantastic background as a marketing leader. You were a director at Engine Yard, AppDirect, uh, Orbitera, which was acquired by Google Cloud. Uh, you've had your own consulting business for some time, and now you're the VP of marketing at Bugsnag. So really excited to dive into marketing and all things uh, tech leadership life. Great. Thank show. you for having me. I'm excited to be here. For sure. So I just want to dive right into a topic that we don't talk about a ton on the show, but in our pre-discussion, you know, you mentioned work-life balance and how your experience in spending two years as a consultant uh, helped you learn more about what that meant to you and, and kind of how to prioritize that for yourself. So that, that stood out to me. And so rather than starting in the typical, you know, like, let's talk about uh, marketing within these companies, we'll get there, but let's talk about that. Like how, how did um, you get to a point where you had these learnings? What were the learnings? Uh, we'll, we'll jump off there. Yeah, great question. Um, so I consulted for about two years and uh, um, my last stop in the in my consulting tenure was with Bugsnag because I joined them as a consulting VP of marketing and then converted to permanent um, I went into consulting purely for family reasons, just so that I could be there for the kids. My husband used to travel a lot back then, and it made no sense that both the both the parents were uh, not available for the kids when school ended. We would come home. I would come home at least by six or seven um, in the evening after my commute, and so wanted to be there for the kids during that very important time of their lives. So. Uh, when I was consulting, or rather when I had to make the decision to go into consulting, it was it was quite a difficult one. Um, and to be honest, I felt that it was a it was an identity crisis of sorts. I thought that I was losing myself, and if how long would I do this for, and what would I have become of me, and um, what if I lose touch with the industry, and how do I still make sure that I'm still connected and involved in the things that I love to do and be challenged with the everyday problems. And uh, with all these thoughts swimming through my head, uh, I knew it was still the right decision to make since family came first. When um, I started uh, 
of getting into good projects and really uh, landing some nice gigs and solving you know, the the you know, great problems that they had and working on these projects, it started dawning on me halfway through that uh, this was actually a pretty neat thing. So not only did I get to be a good parent, but I thought that some of the takeaways and just the way it was helping overall with mental health, uh, work-life balance, uh, developing good habits, um, really making you ask the right questions on what matters and what doesn't matter. And uh, the prioritization was key. You know, it's, it's in, in Silicon Valley, just because we're surrounded by tech and IPOs and this company did so great and this merger and this acquisition and, you know, everyone's just talking the talk, right, all the time. And so you kind of get caught up in that. And uh, it was only when I had, uh, when I had these consulting projects that I was able to reflect and I was able to introspect and I was able to really develop a pretty solid uh, level of understanding as well as a very solid uh, comfort zone with myself as to this is who I want to be. This is what makes me happy. This is my lane. I'm going to stay in my lane. I don't need to look over to other people's lanes because then we know what happens. We're just going to crash. And um, having you know, having those key moments was was really helpful. And uh, I grew as a person and I, I really, I, I changed. And I didn't think when I was going into consulting after all the turbulence that I had had in my head that uh, this is what I would walk away with. Um, so it was, it was super helpful. And uh, I would encourage everyone who is contemplating that at whatever stage in their lives that it, it can work and it's a great thing. At least it, it, it worked pretty beautifully for me. So I'd, I'd love to hear some of, like tactically speaking, what were some of those learnings? And then which of those have you prioritized into your new way of being going back in-house? Mm -hmm. um, so um, in no particular order, but I would say that the network that I was able to develop during the consulting years was pretty great. As you know very well in marketing, you know, you have to work with contractors and consultants and part-time people and agencies. And um, there's this whole ecosystem that lives outside the company, right? And it, it's key. It's really key to the success of the marketing organization and therefore to the company. And the two years that I was uh, doing these uh, other projects, I was able to form so many such great relationships with people who lived outside the companies that I was consulting at. And uh, just to, it was a great way to get a peek at how different companies think what their best practices are, how they are achieving their success metrics and the ecosystem that they have to get them there to those points. So um, you asked about, you know, how is that helping you right now when you've gone in-house? So several of those folks are now part of the Bugsnag external staffing ecosystem. And I was really able to uh, work with the people and bring whoever was a good fit for Bugsnag, uh, would understand our market and our audience well. I was able to bring them in. 
And so that's helped greatly. Uh, the other thing I would say is that just, you know, how do I say this? Um, it is not necessarily a marketing function, but what I came to learn during my uh, consulting days, and this is when I had to do my own business development, is that cold calling works. And um, you know, the SDR, the MDR team is part of sales at Bugsnag. But given that it worked for me and people were willing to take a chance on me and they were willing to place their bets on me, um, I feel that as a company, if you position yourself the right way, then cold calling can work that way as well. Even if you just form a relationship, you don't necessarily have to convert that person into a deal. But just forming that relationship is such a win-win. Um, what was the moment? What was the moment that you had that realization that it works? Like, what would describe that moment? Um, so I uh, I would go to networking events or I would go to do industry conferences. And uh, if I saw a speaker who was uh, who who was impressive, or he was saying uh, he was talking about points that uh, were resonating with me, you know, I I had the opportunity to go up afterwards and uh, just chat with them. And so I would introduce myself and tell them what I did and say, hey, you know, happy to do, um, help out if anything does come about. There were people who on stage would say, hey, I'm looking for people in these areas of my team, you know, looking for full-time employees. And I would walk up to them and say, I cannot be a full-time employee. Uh, I have chosen to do contracting and consulting work at this point. But if you do ever uh, need someone who can help you enhance and augment what you have in-house, then I'll be happy to have a conversation. And just following up with them over LinkedIn, um, once that initial touch had been made in person, uh, I, I would get responses and people would be willing to have that conversation. And that's when I realized that, uh, wow, I never thought that there was a there was an opportunity here and there was a market for uh, for the gig economy, as they say, right? But I was experiencing it firsthand. Fascinating. Uh, that's really cool. And and what a great kind of, it sounds like almost a reset before going back in-house to have those realizations. Yep, yep. And and just the whole, uh, you know, the, I cannot uh, emphasize enough the good habits that you really get to reflect on, the amount of sleep that you do need and how... Uh, the quality of sleep that you get does impact the type of work that you'll do the next day and how, you know, jazzed and stoked you are about the work that you are going to be doing. And uh, drinking water, this sounds really silly, but I, if I get into a zone, I forget to drink water. And, um, it became, you know, I became very conscious of that fact, very conscious of the fact. And so I would, uh, fill a water bottle every time I went into the car, like a big one. And that way I was hydrated and I still do that to this day. And I always remind myself. And then there was the volunteering as well. There's so much that goes on at school. It's hard sometimes for both, if both parents work, it's hard to be present at school at all the different functions and events and um, the parent time that they need. And uh, it was it was very nice to be able to give back to the school. Very nice to be able to give back to some nonprofits. Um, and uh, you know, you you really grow as a person because of these things, where you realize that this is the 
you know how schools talk, talk about the whole child experience. This was really about the whole adult experience, right? Really being this whole person um, that you want to be. And when you you realize that you are that person, so and then work is just one component of that universe. That's uh, it's it's maybe not popular for me to say this, but that's very like contrarian to the Valley's mindset of, you know, what do you mean work isn't everything? (laughs) But um, no, I mean, I think that's such a, that's such a fantastic realization. Uh, Do you, do you, do people ever push back on some of these things or like, you know, peers, do you ever catch flack for it or is it, do people respect it? and, And they're maybe more curious than anything else. Yeah, I think that they're more curious than anything else. Uh, haven't caught any flack for it. Um, and Bugsnag is quite a phenomenal place. The culture is incredible. And so uh, you can, I can really live all of this at Bugsnag myself just because the company embraces this and really prides itself on having a great culture. So um, it, it's, it's worked out pretty well. Okay, so now let's talk marketing. Um... I'm curious, you know, you guys have been on a crazy growth spurt um, based on where you are in your revenue sprint. What, what have been some of the, the campaigns or initiatives over the last 12 months that you were most happy with, how they performed and the results they drove to deliver you to where you are today? And what are then three or so that you're really excited about in the future? So three that, that were just killer in the past and then three that you're excited about. Mm-hmm. So um, you said last 12 months, um, out of which how many have we been in the pandemic now for six? Uh, so the last six months, of course, have been interesting, but we've been quite fortunate at Bugsnag that uh, things have been going pretty well. Uh, of course, we've had to change our tactics and our strategies. Uh, so that was that was quite the uh, shift we had to do in the March-April timeframe when everyone else in the industry was doing the same thing. Um, overall, uh, conferences and events and trade shows work pretty well for us. And so uh, we've made sure that even during these times, we are able to uh, be present at the virtual booths and the virtual conferences and have the presence, however the organizers uh, see best. And so we've been able to adapt to make the virtual conferences uh, quite a thing for us as well. And um, the other area that uh, has been working for us is we do pretty uh, pointed and uh, concise email campaigns and email programs. And so you're making sure that that continues to uh, run even during the pandemic. We've, of course, had to adjust a few things just because now everyone is at home. and haven't been able to do that much of a direct mail piece. So we've adjusted our uh, email messaging and positioning, uh, but that's been going pretty well as well. In terms of the things that I am most excited about is uh, we are gonna be, uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, we are gonna be uh, launching Drift uh, at some point. And uh, so I'm excited to see what success comes out of that. I know so many companies we all do in the industry that have seen quite a you know, good level of uh, success uh, come out of that. So hopefully our success metrics yield us the ROI that we are looking for as well. 
Um, the other piece that I am excited about is um, building, building our, continuing to build out our category of application stability management. And uh, if you go to our website, you see that that is a category that we promote and error monitoring is one of those things that you can do with stability management. Now we've barely uh, scratched the surface in terms of how much we can grow the category, not just in terms of developing the category in terms of mindshare, but also going out then and educating people on what this is and how it really fits into your tech stack and how it helps you address several uh, pain points that engineering teams have. So building out that category, uh, as you can imagine, is a huge tiger team cross-functional effort across the company. Um, it's awareness, it's messaging, positioning, it's sales enablement, it's product. Uh, so that's going to be uh, pretty fun too as we continue moving in that direction. And uh, it's just getting time with that, just getting really uh, focused about who are audiences and who are the types of companies that we want to be targeting. Um, again, a big Tiger team effort. So really looking into that as well. Looking forward to that as well. So I want to loop back on something that you mentioned a moment ago around uh, events working really well for you. And then you said that, you know, you have embraced the virtual events in whatever format the, uh, hosts are now, you know, spinning them into and that that's also been productive for you. Super curious about that. Like what, you know, inherently there are a bunch of different challenges once event goes virtual and you're not able to get that FaceTime and roam the booths and uh, how have you made that work? And are you seeing the same level of success or different? Like uh, let's dive into that as a topic. Um, so it is different just because there's no substitute for in-person interaction at the booths. Um, and the in-person interaction has been quite valuable for us in moving conversations forward. Uh, so here, what we've been doing is we have been setting up, we've tried demoing in our virtual booths. We make sure that we have uh, a video going. We make sure you know we can get some ad placement in at these events. Uh, so there's just so many different options that event organizers have are presenting nowadays because everyone's adapted so well. And so we try to see which ones will uh, make sense for us. So the um, the in-house, the, the in-person is, is obviously not there, but we're trying to see how we can engage with those who still pay us a visit. Um, so the video format and having a in-house technical expert be available in the virtual booth at all times is, um, I, I, I see how people respond pretty well to that. Everyone's still actively asking questions. And we try to keep it interactive as well, you know, wherever we can do a raise of hands or a poll or find out from people as to what their current state is or what their pain points are, that's been helpful too. Um, and uh, we were just more, well, our entire style is pretty straightforward. We're not a company who beats around the bush or we're fluffing our marketing, not at all. And so uh, when we do our follow-ups, we're just being, you know, if, uh, we're being as straightforward, if not more. 
that, hey, you know, we met you at this, we met you at the virtual booth and you had said this. And so how can we help out? You know, I would have loved to take you out of coffee, but that's not possible. Um, and so how can I address any more questions uh, that you have? So that very direct line of communication is, uh, is helping us as well in, in follow-ups. Nice. And then as we wind this conversation down, I always love to ask, who are some of the folks who have been influential in your career thus far, either as mentors or peers or inspiration of some sort? Oh, that's a, that's a really great question. Um, So I'm not, you know, (laughs) this sounds funny. We have a book exchange in our company coming up on Wednesday and I participated and I was like, Oh, why did I do this? I have no time to read books. Uh, So um, (laughs) I, uh, as I said, I'm not able to spend too much time reading up and uh, following books from some of the great folks out there. But I, love listening to podcasts as and when I have the time. And so it's a little bit of what someone said here, a little bit of what someone said there. And so it's a mashup of all of that, which I think has um, really helped me. And because I truly do believe that there is no single playbook. And so you have to do what's right for the company. And our audience is pretty tough. You know, it's a mobile and a web developer engineering audience. Uh, Not that easy to put yourself in front of. And um, I, I I tend to listen to quite a few podcasts. So I like marketing trends. Um, I've heard a few from you. Uh, I like the ones from Forward Thinking, but they tend to be a lot more marketing ops and demand gen based. Um, and uh, conversations on LinkedIn are super helpful as well. You always catch at least one good one every day. So I love that. Totally. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show. This was a really fun conversation. Oh, yeah. And, I enjoyed uh, it too. Yeah. Great. Thank you so much.